Hello, friends. Like everything we've been doing or trying to do for more than a year, this Ash Wednesday is not like any other. Not like the ones when we were marked with ashes, nor the ones when we were not. I suppose that figuratively, we are all marked this year. Wave after wave of events have left their mark on us. It used to be that there were minor disagreements about whether or not to leave this day's ashes on our foreheads as we went out into the world from this service. Did we want to let people know that it was the beginning of Lent and that we were one of those who, in decreasing numbers, went to church and were marked with a sign of submission, repentance, and resurrection? Or did we need math? Heed Matthew's text that tells us, in effect, to wash our faces. Once at, a, at the college where I taught, somebody kindly told me that I had a smudge on my forehead. It was a fragile moment when I wasn't sure whether to explain or just thank him and wash my face. I washed my face. But this day is about the end of something and the beginning of something. We may not be together to be marked with a sign of our determination to enter a period of reflection and discipline, but we are here together to accept together what we need to remember, the price that was paid for our salvation. If Jesus had not been sacrificed, would we still be eligible for salvation? If we do not enter a period of discipline, will we be rewarded? We can't know. But in the past year, we have come to see that setting out a plan of discipline can save our lives. If we once knew that theoretically or figuratively, we know it as a flesh and blood reality now. What we can also know is that on this day, we must still look ahead to a time of trial. And we realize that we have been in a time of trial for at least a year. What will be different? It probably will be much more than 40 days until we reach any sort of secular salvation. We are only now seeing the tedious and frightening difficulties of catching up with the COVID crisis. As the world begins to be divided between those who have been vaccinated and those who have not, the mark of ashes may take on a subsidiary role. The passage we heard from the prophet Joel today has some striking imagery and some truly prophetic pronouncements. Let all the inhabitants of the land tremble. It is near the day of darkness and gloom. A powerful army comes, their like has never been from of old. At present, it may not be a merely figurative pronouncement, but whatever is coming against us, as great darkness came against the people of the Old Testament, we have the Lord's promise to be gracious and merciful, abounding in steadfast love. We need to be a people of faith so that no one need wonder, where is our God? By the psalmist, we are assured that 
The Lord is full of compassion and mercy and has not dealt with us according to our sins, for which we give thanks. Paul's letter to the church in Corinth seems prophetic for this year. He lists the things he has endured, afflictions, hardships, calamities, beatings, imprisonments, riots, labor, sleepless nights, hunger. And then he offers the remedies for those issues, purity, knowledge, patience, kindness, holiness of spirit, genuine love, truthful speech. These may or may not be, seem like sufficient weapons against what we feel challenged with every day. The dangers to our children, our parents, our neighbors, those who serve us and those we serve. But now we have these 40 days in which to help forge new safety, new relationships, new solutions, new faith. But these are not to be advertised. We need to take on the discipline of faith. We need to work to get over our fear. We need to trust. But never to presume that our faith will take care of everything in some magical, holy way. We are partners in our salvation. We cannot set up a test for our own redemption. Matthew's gospel passage today is almost entirely directions about how to proceed. The text is a directive that the writer of Matthew says is straight out of the mouth of Jesus. Don't show off. Don't deprive yourself of things just so you can brag about it. Don't tell people how much you've done and how generous you've been. If you are truly generous, the value of your gift will be known where it matters. And we actually don't know where that is. Sometimes in lists of contributions to charity, you've probably seen the listing for anonymous. I used to think that this must be somebody who had something to hide. But when I read this passage in Matthew, I'm wondering if that decision is modesty or a ruse to distract people hunting for donors or somebody actually following the real rules of generosity. Is that nest egg really something for a rainy day or is it something that should be distributed to bring good to others? It is a question only we can each determine for ourselves. Matthew is clear and he claims to be quoting Jesus here. The ashes of our own mortality may not be visible to others today, but the power of faith should guide all we do Prepare today to live a holy Lent. You need not give up something, but you can take on something. Love, serve, think, laugh, sing, care, share. I give thanks today for all of you, for your unseen presence and your loving spirits. We have 40 days to regroup, to give thanks, to care for each other, for the earth, for all that lives upon it. Find the thing that needs to be done and take it on for others, for the world, for yourself.
May God's grace and peace be with you now and throughout this holy time. Amen. <laughs>